You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome, Asbury. It's so great to be back for the start of the spring semester. And uh, it's great to hear Christmas stories. And it sounds like um, you're even more excited about a fourth easy dance party this weekend. So uh, that's it. That, that's what we love um, being about together. And I don't know if we're having pictures this morning or not because we're having glitches up there. So <laughs> I want to tell you uh, my one favorite spot to be for Christmas uh, was getting uh, my son Isaac loves uh, to snowboard. So we got our one day on the mountain, Mount Baker. It sits about 20 miles below the Canadian border in Washington State, and uh, it is just this majestic spot um, where he got to snowboard and I got to ski, and it was this uh, just stellar place um, that we look forward to every Christmas. And um, those others are okay, Johnny. We are all good. Um, our other favorite thing that we got to do at Christmas uh, that I highly suggest. Um, if you are ever close to a city and can be on water to see cityscape, we uh, took this ferry uh, that left downtown Seattle and went back to this other side of the city called Alki. And we were looking back uh, on the cityscape of, of Seattle. And it was a beautiful uh, little adventure out on the town. Uh, it, is a, it is a sweet thing to see. This morning... Uh, as we jump in to uh, not just the morning, but really the whole semester of chapel. Uh, I want to ask the question, what does it mean to be shaped? And uh, maybe the easier starting place for all of us is uh, what shapes us? We know that when we come uh, into worship, that worship shapes us. Uh, what about school? Can you think of the best lecture that you heard last semester? And how were you changed? Uh, what about your favorite professor? And time with your favorite professor? How does that shape you and influence who you're becoming? Uh, friendship. Think about uh, what friendships impact uh, who you are and, and who you're becoming. Family. Uh, most of us had just intense time with family across Christmas. And that really gets kind of complex of like, how does family shape us? What about music? How many of you are starting 2024 with a brand new playlist? Like you have got uh, your new uh, tunes dialed up. Music shapes us. What about being a disciple of Jesus? What shapes us uh, to follow him uh, in the way that we are drawn and he has called us towards himself. Maybe a more poetic way of illustrating um, and asking that question is looking at the 12 apostles and that imagery of them being covered with the dust of the rabbi. This is what it looked like in the first century was this following in such proximity uh, that the nearness to Jesus is what shaped them like him. 
On Monday morning, Dr. Brown gave us this story of um, Sophie Scholl and the White Rose Movement during World War II. They were serious about standing against the crimes of the Nazis as they came with persecution of the Jews. And how did Sophie Scholl's become shaped to be so devoted? She was serious. She was serious about her choices and she kept making choices around her convictions and her belief so that her trajectory and her life was shaped by her convictions and by her beliefs. What does it mean to be shaped? Jeremiah chapter six, in the middle of Jerusalem being under siege, in the middle of a time that it was falling apart and that leadership was crumbling. Verse 16 reads, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. Let's pray together. Father, this morning at the dawn of a semester, we ask for the ancient paths. Lord, we ask that you would help us seek the good way. Jesus, help us to seek it first. Lord, enable us to walk in it. Holy Spirit, shape us to walk in it and fill us with your spirit. Conform us into the image of Christ in whose name we pray together, amen. So what does it look to be shaped like a disciple at Asbury? My word for 2024 is simplify because I often make things harder than they need to be. And so this morning, we're going to cover four markers of being a disciple of Jesus. And these are words that you've heard before. Uh, so this is going to be easy for you to hold on. Uh, but when we ask around, uh, we would hear you say things like, you know, I've, I've heard that phrase before in chapel but I wasn't sure how it connected to other things that we were focusing on in chapel. So our goal is to make the connections clear. If you're gonna be walking closer to Jesus in four months, then your spiritual growth is gonna be marked by heart holiness, by a renewed mind, by Christian witness, and by kingdom community. These are frames for chapel because they are marks of following Jesus. And so uh, for our teaching series in February, uh, when we have an incredible uh, preaching team of Dr. Baldwin, Jeannie Banter, Brian Hull, Zach Meerkrebs, Rob Lamb, um, our preaching team is gonna be building discipleship handles 
uh, onto these. So this morning, uh, I hope to just kind of paint some of the big picture. Heart holiness. What does it mean to be shaped by heart holiness? Heart holiness is trusting Jesus Christ for salvation and for sanctification. As humans, we're, we're worshiping creatures. And our theological way of saying this is that we're, we're doxological beings. To be human is to worship. And when the worshiping nature of how we're made leads us to Jesus, then we find ourselves in a story of whole life transformation. And we talk most about two expressions of heart holiness at Asbury. They are two distinctive movements on gra of grace on what we call the Ordo Salutis. The first movement is this transformative step towards salvation. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It's what we call justifying grace. And while we're being formed by justifying grace, we discover that salvation is more than a one-time event. It keeps on going. And so this second distinctive move of grace, sanctification, is it's like naming what's happening when your salvation keeps on going. It's, it's almost like salvation is the first half of the gospel and sanctification is the second half of the gospel. The words of Galatians 2.20, they capture it for me. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I love last year how Christian Alexander uh, would talk about this verse as his chapel seat, being a tombstone, being a graveyard, being the place where being crucified with Christ unfolded. And it, and it undoes us and brings us to the end of ourselves. Salvation is experiencing the grace that comes through Christ to save us. And sanctification is experiencing the grace that not only has he come to save you, he has come to live in you, for Christ to dwell in you. Jesus has come for both, to save and to live in. And being crucified with Christ, it is the ancient path. It is the sanctifying path. And giving all of yourself that you understand to all of Jesus that you understand is the sanctifying journey. It's whole life transformation. It's consecration. And it is this desire for purity. Sanctification isn't just a theological word, it's a biblical word. John 17, when Jesus 
is praying that, uh, we call it the high priestly prayer. And it's verse 17 where he asks, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus has prayed for us to experience whole life transformation. And our love for scripture becomes this avenue of sanctifying grace living in us and working on us. Heart holiness is trusting Jesus for our salvation and for our sanctification. A renewed mind. Romans uh, chapter 12 verse 2 reads like this in the message. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. A renewed mind is being shaped by scripture towards what is good and right and true. Dr. Dr. Brown eloquently pulls from Philippians 4 verse 8 when he says that the Christian message invites us to orient our mental and our intellectual faculties towards what is good and right and true, to think upon such things. When I was a college pastor in West Texas, uh, yes, someone can shout for any part of Texas, right? Uh, in West Texas, about 20 years ago, I belonged to this group of pastors. And uh, in this discipleship group, uh, our mentor was a man named Jerry Moore. And uh, Jerry didn't become a pastor when he was 25. He, he became a pastor in his 30s. And his years after high school were spent uh, in the oil field. He always talked uh, with us about uh, being a roughneck in the oil field. Well, Jerry Moore was the first person I heard use the word functional ambitions. And by functional ambitions, he was describing these scripts that we live by. Uh, they're beliefs that drive our everyday cho uh, choices. And they're not necessarily beliefs that we get uh, as Christian beliefs. They're beliefs that are, that are deep in us. And Jerry gave the best example from his own family. He said the functional ambition that he grew up with was look out for number one. It was like this script that he just heard. Look out for number one, because if you don't, who's going to? This was not a self-care kind of script. It was a functional ambition that was ego-centered. Because our functional ambitions, they often miss the mark. And a renewed mind is a journey that rewrites the scripts that we've been given. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Eugene Peterson says, fix your attention on God. And in what he speaks to us and the love that he comes into us with and the truth that he gives us, those are scripts that begin to solidify our identity in Jesus. If you're looking for a scripture 
that increases your hunger for the word of God, then memorize Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That's what scripture does. It sheds light on our thoughts. It sheds light on our scripts, on our functional ambitions. A renewed mind being shaped by scripture toward what is good and right and true. And since heart holiness and renewed mind are centered around uh, our being and our reasoning, they're internal. They are these interior transformations. And discipleship groups become this huge benefit when you have a hunger for heart holiness because it's putting you in a circle with friends uh, that have the same desire. And so as we launch a new semester, uh, if that's where you are and you're not in a group yet, uh, Emily Leininger or a couple of our GAs would love to connect you uh, to discipleship opportunities. It could be a small group, a banded discipleship group, or uh, connecting you with a mentor. You can, you can email spirituallife at asbury.edu. You can email Emily. You can find her or I or any other RD could connect you to those opportunities. The third mark of being a Jesus follower is Christian witness. How do we become shaped for Christian witness? By Christian witness, we're simply saying godly wisdom overflowing as acts of service for neighbor, orphan, widow, and sojourner. Christian witness is the mission of Jesus' followers. My goal has been one Dr. Brown quote for each of these. So I love how he says, in the Christian tradition, we believe that we are saved by faith alone, yet if our faith is alone, it's not faith. Christian witness is this coin with two sides to it, living and telling. On one side of this coin is acts of mercy. A holy heart and godly wisdom, they naturally overflow into charity for neighbor, orphan, widow, sojourner. It's what you hear in Micah chapter six, verse eight. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And John Wesley believed that we meet Christ himself when we serve with and we get to know people that are suffering. The other side of this coin is telling the best news ever. You hear it in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone 
who ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And when you do this, tell it with gentleness and respect. Christian witness is godly wisdom overflowing as acts of service for neighbor, orphan, widow, and sojourner. And last, kingdom community. What does it mean to be shaped for kingdom community? To be shaped by kingdom community. Kingdom community is the local and global church reflecting the diversity of God's kingdom. It includes this love for both the church where you are and the church around the world. When you go on mission teams to the Dominican Republic, to uh, Costa Rica, to uh, Paraguay, to Puerto Rico, to Northern Ireland, to Guatemala, it's, it's about what God is doing here in us and it is also about what God is doing there, in the church there. And we become more of who Jesus has made us to be when those things come together. Along with a love for the church, kingdom community carries a love for people. This is a Mago Dei theology. We give dignity to people because the image of God is present in every person. And I love how simply Kevin Brown says this to us. God's image is upon all of humankind. And if we only know some of us, we don't know all of God. I don't know about you, but in the first 18 years of my growing up, my family was only in church with people of the same skin color. You could say that I had this monochromatic experience of church. And when I arrived um, in Wilmore and I, and I was a seminary student at Asbury Seminary, I had a chance to live in Chicago for a summer. I was 29. I was immersed in this multi-ethnic church that summer that gave me a whole new perspective of the kingdom of God, which means that it gave me a whole new perspective of God. Galatians 3.28 reads, in Christ Jesus, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Kingdom community, it's the local church and the global church reflecting the diversity of God's kingdom. And in us closing today, I really wanna give you an invitation to both today and to the semester. Will you give yourself to Jesus to be shaped by heart holiness, to be shaped by a renewed mind? This semester, will you give yourself to being shaped for Christian witness and be informed by kingdom community? Let's pray together.
Father, you have loved us first. Father, you have come after us. Jesus, You long for us uh, to be whole. Lord, you long for us to know all that you have called us to. And Jesus, uh, this morning, we pray that you would give us the courage to say yes to how you would shape us. Holy Spirit, may you give us a holy imagination for where you are calling us Lord, give us an imagination for what you would do in our stories. And we ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit together.